We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. Wired Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. We'd like to remind you to be sports rich. I'm Jake Letarski, joined today by John McKechnie. If you're out there on Twitter, you can give John a follow at Johnny McKex. If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at JakeSki52. A quick reminder here, if you have a second to quick, give us a rating and review of the podcast if you happen to be listening on iTunes or Stitcher. It takes just a moment, and it was very much appreciated by us. Any and all feedback is appreciated here. John, if you were drafting today for a season-long draft, I mean, the topic of this show is running back, so we're going to talk about this now. If you're drafting for a season-long draft today, who's your number one back? Um, I'd probably have to go with David Johnson. It's, it's funny uh, the way the things have kind of shaken out. If, you were, you know, if we were to take things a month and a half back, uh, it's really just been a land, like a landmine field type of situation as far as the top running backs have gone. You mm-hmm. know, you're losing Adrian Peterson. You got Gurley off to an unbelievably slow start due to, you know, just sort of team context issues. I mean, guys that are just going really high in drafts are, are not paying returns at all as, mm-hmm. as far as the running backs are concerned. But David Johnson certainly is. I mean, he's a guy that is racking up 100 yards, to, total yards every single week. And uh, now that Chris Johnson 
Johnson is is just been placed on on injured reserve. I mean, who else is going to get touches in that backfield? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're not going to look for something like Andre Ellington or Curran Williams or or Stephon Taylor to really do any damage there. It's David Johnson's backfield, and I think the Chris Johnson news solidifies that. I was hoping to maybe get some love for Le'Veon Bell in there. I think you have to consider it. Sure, he becomes a top two running back. I think, uh, and I, I, I know a lot of us like uh, I, I wrote a wire projection suggested that Le'Veon Bell without the suspension was the number one fantasy player heading into this year and I certainly think you can make a case for that but just today's news makes David Johnson number one there I would agree with you there John here so let's start uh, we're going to talk about daily uh, daily running backs this week and we're going to start with a Thursday night focus so if you plan on playing in a slate that includes the Thursday night games uh, we're going to run down those running backs for you and David Johnson happens to be included we've got the Arizona Cardinals at the San Francisco 49ers here and if the if you're going to include this game in the slate David Johnson is the highest priced running back on the entire slate sitting at about $9,000 here I mean given the injury to uh to to Chris Johnson and the possibility of Drew Stanton starting this game does that all of a sudden throw David Johnson into consideration for you I I think it absolutely does I know that that you and I on this show when we when we go through the the tier one guys we're like uh you know we We'll definitely consider this guy if we, if we had to pick one type mm-hmm. of deal. But like this is this would be a week where I'm like, yeah, I'm playing David Johnson because um, Carson Palmer uh, got dinged up, got diagnosed with a concussion on Sunday, and with the quick turnaround to Thursday night, it, I mean, and just sort of the way that the NFL is, uh, and rightfully so, is very cautious about concussions right now. Uh, it I think it's looking more and more like he's not like Palmer's not going to play. I mean, they they just signed uh, some. Some random guy to to their practice or from their practice mm-hmm. squad last night to, as like quarterback depth. So I think Drew Stanton will be starting, and with that, I think that David Johnson is going to be seeing a just unbelievable amount of touches, a huge volume. And I think you also need to consider that the Forty Niners uh, they just lost Navarro Bowman, so that you you're not as mm-hmm. afraid of their uh, front seven as you normally would be. Yeah, exactly. I mean, those that watched the Monday Night Opener and saw the San Francisco defense really bottled up Todd Gurley, I think that's as good as it's going to get. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. I mean, I mean, everyone saw, like, oh, Todd Gurley's supposed to be the best running back in the league, and this defense just shut him down. I, I wouldn't frame that. I, very little about that game is actually carried over into <laughs> yeah, week four. Yeah, the Rams are good now. Yeah, the Rams are 3-1. What? and one. What the heck happened there? They beat the 49ers and the Cardinals? I mean, yeah, two of the teams. The Seahawks. That, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah uh, beat the Seahawks yeah, and the Cardinals, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Didn't quite beat the 49ers. Yeah, Seahawks, Cardinals. Thanks for the correction there. But, I mean, yeah, as a, as a Packer fan looking at the NFC picture, it's like, how the heck are these teams falling to the Rams? That's amazing to me. Yeah, this is, yeah, strange, strange stuff going on in the mm-hmm. NFC overall. I'm really interested to see how, the, how like, this next quarter mm-hmm. pull of the season kind of shakes out because right now it looks very upside down compared to what we thought it would be. Yeah, absolutely here. And, and speaking of the 49ers here, Carlos Hyde, you've seen his price jacked up 400 bucks to 7200 on FanDuel for week uh, for week five here. I mean, is, is there any consideration there? I mean, this Cardinals defense isn't quite what what we thought it would be. Right. I mean, if you want to if you want to get a part of this game uh, and you don't want to go the David Johnson route, then I, I'm certainly not taking any receivers in this game whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Not taking any quarterbacks either. So I mean, couldn't blame you for going going for Hyde. I mean, he's a guy that uh, has shown that he has this ability to to find the end zone. Uh, he definitely has almost like an eighty twenty split with Sean Drone as far as the touches out of the backfield. Uh, 
to this point, or that's kind of how how the Niners like to play it. Uh, so I think Hyde definitely uh, has a chance of hitting value because, like you said, Arizona's defense hasn't looked nearly as good as people were anticipating. Arizona just in general, uh, I think, has to be considered one of the biggest disappointments across the league right now. Yeah, the year. absolutely. For DFS purposes, yeah, I think Johnson's your top play. Uh, you, you know, you consider Hyde. There's a few other options I like a little bit better than Hyde in that range, and we'll get there. Other than that, I know this is a running back show, but you got to consider the Cardinals, de- or I'm sorry, not the Cardinals, but the 49ers defense as a streaming option in your season long and possibly in daily if they're going up against Drew Stanton. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. we haven't ruled I like that a lot. We haven't ruled Carson Palmer out completely yet, but you have to consider that he's one of those uh, quarterbacks that I mean, he was four for eleven in relief of Palmer. He's got weapons, but can he get those weapons the ball? Probably we not. I think it, we're, we're get, yeah, we're getting a heavy David Johnson dose here on Thursday night. So if anything, uh, that'll make the Thursday night game a little bit interesting this week because David Johnson, of course, a fantasy darling this year. Yep. Let's head into the rest of the Week Five slate first and foremost week five buys Jacksonville so of course no TJ Yeldon or Chris Ivory on the slate this week Kansas City is another buy no Jamal Charles or Spencer Ware on the slate that's actually a gift for DFS owners because you have no idea what they're (laughs) going to let Jamal Charles do here and I mean I mean Spencer Ware got most of the uh of the work in that blowout here on Sunday night but he also fumbled against that's got to be going back to Charles right you would imagine so you know like after the bye week uh I I really like uh this the timing of this bye week for Kansas City you just Mm kind of got to regroup after after what happened to you on national television on Sunday and just sort of mm-hmm. take a step back maybe. And, you know, hopefully Charles, you know, basically gets it, gets another free week to, to get his knee right. Yep. So I, I actually like this bye week for him. And I, I think I will like Charles coming out the other side of this bye week when we, when we do the pod next week. Yeah. I think there's a good chance they finally let him out of his cage in week six here. Of course, uh, Mark Ingram's not going to be on the board either because the saints are on a bye, and neither will Christine Michael with the Seahawks on a bye here. So that leaves us our top tier. Of course, David Johnson, the highest price overall at 9,000. Then you're looking at uh, Le'Veon Bell, 8,600 against the Jets. DeMarco Murray, 8,400 against the Texans. C.J. Anderson, 8,000 against the Falcons. Do you like any of those matchups here, John? Uh, you know the the Jets are obviously always always a solid team, but or a solid defense. But I mean, Le'Veon Bell is a guy that's com- just completely matchup proof at this point. I mean, he can he can make s- such an impact in multiple ways. You know, as a receiver and as a runner. Um, and I, I think Sunday, any sort of doubt you had about oh yeah, De- uh, D'Angelo Williams, you know, he's done enough to to keep it going. You keep mm-hmm. some keep like a solid uh piece of the pie uh no it's it's the Le'Veon show um so oh, I, yeah. I definitely couldn't blame you for for going going to him uh, I do like CJ Anderson uh going against Atlanta a lot as well and I think uh who, who does DeMarco Murray have uh this week I believe it's the Texans I think they played last or no, week uh, yeah that was last week he has the Dolphins I apologize oh, okay. at Miami I, yep. ooh, I actually like all of these running backs uh mm-hmm. you know the the Dolphins can certainly uh they've certainly shown to be vulnerable against the run thus far this year I think coming into last week they had allowed the most uh yards on the ground as a, as mm-hmm. a defense so really you can't go wrong with any of these four I think if you're to handicap them I, I I'd say I'd say it probably shakes out the way that, that it's priced, honestly, mm-hmm. David Johnson, Bell, Murray, and Anderson. But I really think that any any one of those four can can uh, be a really great RB1 for you this week. I think that this is a week, unlike other weeks mm-hmm. uh, that we've discussed this, where in, where a Tier 1 guy is something that I'm going to be targeting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I really like Le'Veon Bell, again, continuing his momentum this week, despite, I mean, the Jets are kind of a tough matchup. I, I mean, I actually, what I think I would do is I would – 
maybe use Le'Veon Bell on a website where there's full point PPR instead of FanDuel that's just half point PPR. I think that would help Bell's uh, overall value here. Sure. But I do really like DeMarco Murray, uh, even on the road against uh, the Dolphins. He's been hot all year long, and the Dolphins number four in the league with, um, let's see, they've given up 129.8 yards per game on the ground. That's the fourth worst in the league. And in terms of yards per carry, just 3.7, so they've been better, and they've only given up two rushing touchdowns. But, uh, but I'll take the totals there every time. I think a lot of it is the Dolphins getting behind in games and then giving uh, other teams want to run the ball to run clock out there. But DeMarco Murray, yeah, good matchup here. And C.J. Anderson, I'm a little bit, I mean, if they go to Paxton Lynch instead of Trevor Simeon, Simeon's got that shoulder injury. Right. If they go to Paxton Lynch, I think uh, that's good for C.J. Anderson because like, uh, it'll be a game plan similar to week one where it's pretty conservative, a lot of check down and a lot of running to C.J. Anderson. So if it's, a, if it's an inexperienced quarterback, Anderson will be exper- or he'll be used so much that he can definitely hit value on 8,000 there. And you gotta, I mean, you got to like just using a running back against the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot to like and there. The Fal- it's not like the Falcons are going to be able to – I mean, they're going to be able to put a, push uh, that Denver defense a little more than we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's not like – uh, the Falcons are going to be able to to build this lead where where Denver has to abandon the run by any means. So C.J. Anderson's still going to get his, and uh, I think he can definitely gash that defense. Absolutely. Falcons averaging four and a half yards per carry allowed to opposing backs here. Let's look at tier number two here where it's led off with Ezekiel Elliott at 7,900, home against Cincinnati. Now Ezekiel Elliott has gotten better and better and better every week. Can he keep that up against the Bengals? I, I usually try to avoid t- taking running backs against the Bengals if I can avoid it, especially, you know, if it, if I'm making a, d- a hundred dollar difference here, I'm definitely going to going to spend up for Anderson rather than rather than going with Zeke uh, this time around. And I think we've seen we've all been kind of frustrated once or twice. I mean, this isn't anything against Zeke, but, you know, like getting a touchdown vultured or getting some some carries vultured at the mm-hmm. goal line. So uh, I think I would probably avoid uh, Zeke at seventy nine hundred this week, and probably probably lean towards the Anderson at eight thousand, or go for somewhere closer to the mid seven thousands. Yep, there are two teams in the National Football League that have not allowed a rushing touchdown this season. One is the Detroit Lions. One is the Cincinnati Bengals here. So I was originally pretty high on on Zeke, and and I like what he's offered, and I like how he's improved every week. It's just sure. a noticeable improvement week to week here. But that being said, that makes things a little bit tough here. What about Lamar Miller at 7,800 at Minnesota? This Minnesota defense, as we saw on Monday night, is very, very stingy and someone that you probably want to fade uh, other opposing players altogether against. Yeah, I think if 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 you saw any any stretch of of uh, of Monday night's game when the when the Giants were on the field trying to move the ball against the Vikings, you I think you know pretty darn well that you want to avoid using running backs uh, using pretty much almost anyone against minnesota i'd put minnesota in that same class as as uh, denver right now as far as their defense is concerned mm-hmm. so that it's something that definitely scares me off of miller i know that miller uh we love having we love that he has the market share of, of all the touches out of that backfield for the most part but mm-hmm. oh man uh you're paying a lot for for a, a matchup where he could be held to you know, under three yards of carry even. Yeah, so he's going to get the volume, so that at least builds a floor up. But that being said, I wouldn't mess with Anthony Barr in this Minnesota front <laughs> no, seven. No, Very ridiculous no here. So Simple if you're going to pay 7,800. Swallowing people. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Goodness. Yeah, he's he's hungry. He's going to eat. And Lamar Miller is going to, uh, might be some food for him here mm-hmm. on Sunday here. So 7,800, definitely prefer LaShawn McCoy if you're spending that mu- much yeah, money. Exactly. Yeah, definitely going uh, the McCoy route. Uh, I know that LA obviously has a pretty tough defense too. So, I mean, we're, we're kind of 
of getting stuck with some with some tough running back matchups here in tier two. Uh, but seventy eight hundred, if you you know if you if you were to pick between Miller and McCoy, you got to go uh, the McCoy route there, going against the Rams. Um, then who else we got here? We got we got Gordon, Gurley, and and Blunt. Uh, mm-hmm. Gordon at seventy seven hundred, Gurley seventy six hundred, Blunt at seventy five hundred. Uh, how do you kind of handicap those three? I mean, I, I think Gordon's got to be the top play here. I mean, the Raiders are, are are giving up. I think it's over five yards a carry to opposing running backs, five point one. That's the highest in the National Football League, one hundred thirty four and a half yards per game. Uh, there's there's just a lot to like with that Melvin Gordon uh, setup right there. I think, but but at the same time. Todd Gurley always has to be in consideration because he's going to have some huge weeks here and there. And, I mean, the Buffalo, the, the Bills' front seven is tough here, but I don't know, at the same time, uh, I mean, Gurley, I, I, you'd think is someone that would be matchup proof here. I know he struggled a little bit to start the year, but he's always going to be in GPP consideration for me because if too many people back off him, then there's a ton of room for profit. That That's exactly where, where uh, I like to think of Gurley uh, because, you know, I think with every week that he doesn't have a, a monster, monster game, uh, that that's more people sort of jumping ship for, for DFS purposes on him. Mm-hmm. And with that, I mean, Buffalo... Uh, Historically, we always think of Rex Ryan as having good defenses. We always think of Buffalo having good defenses, mm-hmm. and obviously they just shut out uh, the Patriots. With the Patriots, obviously going with the rookie third-string quarterback, uh, I think Gurley might. Act, this might be the, the the game that we kind of start to see uh, the sun come out from the clouds, and, and Gurley start to start to kind of live up to our lofty expectations for him. I think it, it mm-hmm. really could start this week. I do feel that way. Yeah, and Legarrette Blunt at seventy-five hundred. I think he has to be in considerations. Browns run defense I think might they're I don't know they're still in the bottom half of the league in run defense but I think they're worse than even the numbers say I don't know I like to harp on these Browns a lot here but uh, I, I just don't see anything too threatening there I just think the Patriots are just going to commit war crimes through the air yeah I just that, think that's they're just going to mm-hmm. let Brady throw six touchdowns exactly like, it's like all right guys uh, we're we're back yeah uh Playtime's over. That's perfect. That's what I wanted to get into because the Patriots are going to run up the score. There's no reason to give. <laughs> there's no reason to give Blunt 25 carries here when you've got you got Gronk let out of his cage. Finally get Edelman some work and Amendola. Brady is going to be back with a vengeance this week. It's, here it's going to be ugly. Yeah, it is going to be ugly. So I, I worry. I, I mean, James White might even be a decent play because Brady opens yeah, things up for targets, him. Yeah. All right. So we go to the third tier here, and that's going to be led off by Devonte Freeman at 7400 at Denver. Jeremy Hill. It's the 7300 at Dallas. Jordan Howard gets a huge price hike, almost two grand price hike, because he heads to Indianapolis. Matt Forte, 7100 at Pittsburgh. Eddie Lacy, 7100 home at Lambeau against the Giants. I want to start with Devontae Freeman, though, John, because he gets a rough matchup against Denver, but at the same time, don't forget, Tevin Coleman has this uh, has the sickle cell trait, and that might limit him at all in the high altitudes of Denver. And if that's the case, then we go back to Devontae Freeman being really the feature back again. So, I mean, does, how does that risk balance out with the fact that he's going against the Denver defense? Yeah, the the the, uh, the, the split in touches is, has been pretty much our only gripe with 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 uh, Freeman this year. You know, because you know we've seen Coleman vulture three touchdowns, or not really vulture because Coleman's excellent in his own right but mm-hmm. uh and certainly deserves the, the touches that he does but you know you you always ha- uh take take freeman's uh upside into consideration because you always figure that that he's not going to get all the touches that you would necessarily want from your number one uh running back uh so if he does get that get that bump in volume uh you consider him more than usual this week but it 
you know, for me, uh, I don't, I don't really like a whole lot of what's going on in this tier. And, mm-hmm. and you know, Freeman, obviously the best of the bunch, but going against Denver in Denver, I think that's just a, a really tough ask for him to hit value at 74. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, it is a very tough decision. I could see Devonte Freeman being a little bit of a tournament play because don't, don't forget Jeremy Hill scored twice against the Denver run defense. The Denver run defense has given up five rushing touchdowns here, kind of puts them right in the middle of the pack there. But Jeremy Hill, another one, 7,300 at Dallas. Get him indoors. I mean, I guess that's in play as well. I think Jordan Howard, I like him against the Colts, but his price shot up way too much for me. Yeah, I mean, with a $1,500 price increase, I, I don't know. That's really tough. I mean, he gets it through the air and on the ground, and the Colts' defense is just – it it is terrible. It's porous. But, yeah, it's, I mean, it's really bad. Do we know if Langford is completely out of the picture for this week? I believe Langford is out of the picture here, okay, so it so is going to be because uh, last I saw it was Langford maybe four to six weeks or something like that. He was inactive. Yeah, it's a four to six week rehab while he deals with that ankle injury. Okay, here. so yeah. it is all Howard again. I mean, is that price too high the, for him though? That the price sits. I mean, you know, it's like we were able to get Howard at a super discounted rate last week. This is probably more about. Uh, where he should be, you, you'd you'd rather him still be under seven k, just barely, you know, mm-hmm. somewhere in the high six k's. But um, seventy two hundred, I do like going against Indianapolis's defense a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I'm probably not going super hard after this tier, but uh, I think if I were to do so, Howard's my pick out of out of these five guys. Yeah, I, I mean the Colts defense. Uh, very average, 4.2 yards per carry, 106 yards a game to opposing backs, five rushing touchdowns here. So, I mean, they I have given... I know that they've really faced a, a, like an excellent running, exactly. running attack yet yeah. either. And they've only given up one uh, rush of 20-plus yards here, so something to consider here. But speaking of fading the rest of this crew, I'm also going to back off at... Uh, I'm sorry, Matt Forte a little bit. Now, Matt Forte was one of the most bizarre injury stories this week. He was seen being carted off the field in the direction of the x-ray room, okay? And then and then Todd Bowles said, well, no, he didn't have any x-ray. He completely denied Forte having any x-ray. We knew going into the week that Forte had a minor knee injury that was going to limit him on practice most Wednesdays, so it's worth checking in here tomorrow. So it's either he actually went to the x-ray room and Bowles is lying about it, or it was a situation like, hey, cart guy, can I get a lift? Yeah. And so we don't, we don't really know. Odd moment. So, I mean, at this point in time, we don't have an injury report yet. I can't really recommend Forte here too strongly, given the uncertainty there. Right. I mean, this this might be a thing where come Friday or something, Bilal Powell is a name that you hear everywhere. Yeah, he could be. I mean, we mentioned him on our waiver wire show earlier today just because, uh, you know, you never know. Powell is someone that you might want to just pick up as an insurance policy. Uh, Okay, so there's that. I'm just going to close the book on the Jets for now. (laughs) One of those wait-and-see approaches. We need some more info. Then there's Eddie Lacy, 7,100. His price is kind of going down a little bit. He should have fresh legs off a bye. Giants run defense pretty stingy, but I think there's got to be at least a little Eddie Lacy appeal. Uh, I guess there is some. Uh, I find that the Giants have looked a lot better uh, as far, against the run thus far this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were a little banged up last night in the secondary, and that allowed Bradford to make you know some big plays down the field to sort of help uh, the Vikes pull away. But I didn't think that, that uh, Minnesota's run game looked particularly impressive against the Giants. And I know mm-hmm. Lacey is better than any combination of McKinnon and, and Matt Asiata, um, and you got to like the fact that 
the Giants are playing on a short week, whereas Lacey is going to be fresh. Mm-hmm. So generally, I'm not a huge uh, Lacey user in DFS, but I mean, this might be a week where where he might actually mm-hmm. uh, be someone to consider. Yeah, he's always someone for GPP plays. I mean, I, cash games, it's tough because the floor is very difficult to predict, oh, yeah. but he does have some big games, and we haven't seen the Eddie Lacey big game yet this year. Still probably in the wings there. So I think he at least warrants consideration at 7,100. Warning, maybe that's just the Packer fan in me coming out saying that he's due. <laughs> that, that very well could be it here. Uh, but, I mean, he's going to have some big games. Yep. And uh, he is he's an every-down back for the Packers. Don't forget about that. If the Packers get any kind of lead on the Giants, uh, then they're going to go to Lacey heavy in the second half. True. There's a lot of different ways where Lacey could turn out to be a big game. So I think in the 70, in, in this range here, I mean, Jeremy Hill, 7,300, there's some likes. There's a little to like there, but Lacey becomes appealing if you find yourself with the 7,100 to 7,400 left to spend and you need a back here. So got to consider it at least. Fantasy football fans have all the victory every Sunday. FanDuel offers football for everyday fans. New contests start every week, so there are no busted seasons. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score real-time. New this year is an upgraded user experience. Get even more contest variety. You can try beginner contests if you're a new player. You can settle the score with a friend in a head-to-head contest or try a 50-50 contest. Great for bankroll management, and the top half wins cash there. Play in larger tournaments for even more excitement. If you want to win life-changing cash here, FanDuel offers that opportunity. Or you can play for just a buck. Uh, Have all the fantasy that football has to offer. Have all the fun that football has to offer. FanDuel, be sports rich. All right, John, one more tier we're going to examine, and then we've got a few more kind of other notables that we're going to discuss here. But first off, we've got Matt Jones, 6,900 at Baltimore, coming off a pretty big fantasy performance. Similar, Isaiah Crowell possibly reached his fantasy peak last week, 6,800 versus uh, New England. Arian Foster still questionable with a groin injury, 6,700 versus Tennessee. Then we've got Frank Gore at 6,500 versus Chicago. I mean, I think... At least with the top two, Jones and Crowell, you're almost buying high at that point, right? Uh, I I think so. I mean, I wish that Crowell had a better matchup, but it's and he does kind of have a relatively even split as far as the the snaps with uh, with Duke Johnson. But he gets he sees more more of the carries. Duke Johnson more of obviously like the pass catching back. But Crowell's looking pretty awesome so far to mm-hmm. to start the year. You know, pretty high average yards per carry. Um, and he's been scoring some touchdowns. Uh, you you know, 112 yards and a score. Uh, this past week against Washington, uh, Matt Jones, I, I think, is more of a buy. Like you, you might be buying uh, past where you can expect him to produce mm-hmm. a little bit. Exactly. Um, I, I think that Baltimore's run defense, uh, not like not anything to like be completely afraid of, but it, it's still you know s- s- solid enough. Definitely more so than than the Browns' uh, run defense that he faced mm-hmm. a week ago. So I would say Crowell of this group, but uh, this group. The pricing really kind of sh- makes it a little bit mm-hmm. tough for, for you to really like any one of them. Yeah, exactly. Crowell back in week two, 133 yards and a score against the Baltimore Ravens defense that Matt Jones is about to face. Again, Matt Jones coming off easily his best game of the season, 22 carries for 117 and a score, 5.3 a carry. Crowell against the Ravens here averaged 7.4 well, a Most carry. of it came on an 80-yard touchdown run, yeah, I will exactly. Say. Yeah, just throw that out there as a disclaimer here because overall the Ravens on the, uh, on the season here – um, seem, I mean, outside of that 80-yard run here, I mean, the Ravens 3.7 yards per opposing backs, averaging 80 yards a game and just two scores. So the Ravens generally thought to be pretty stingy here, so don't take that short sample size into account too much here. Any other notables jump out at you uh, in the 6,500 and under range? 
Uh, it's for for under sixty five hundred. I, I do like Terrence West a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Coming in at sixty four hundred, I think you know. Last week we saw uh, where where Forsett was a surprise inactive. He was actually released earlier Tuesday, so that means that this is the Terrence West show for now. I think you know Kenneth Dixon will will sort of emerge as as the second guy, but it really does look like it's the West show for now. I think mm-hmm. he should be able to see the bulk of the carries at least for now, and he's going against a Washington defense that obviously hasn't been particularly impressive against the run this year. They're giving up 4.9 yards per carry, so mm-hmm. that you know that's second worst in the National Football League. So I think that this is a situation where uh, Wes is going to see a lot of touches, and I think he's going to be able to convert a lot of those touches in, into yardage. Mm-hmm. Um, Tevin Coleman... Uh, like we said, he, he has the uh, the health concern that it might either hold him out completely of this game or, uh, you know, hold him to only a handful of snaps. Now, what do you what do you make of Zach Zenner? Because I, I I have a take on this, but I'd like mm-hmm. to hear yours first. All right. So, so last week we recommended Dwayne Washington. He was only forty five hundred, and we thought that was going to be good because he was going to be between the tackle running. Now that play didn't work out not because we had this completely wrong but because he got hurt earlier in the game so you know you can't really fault us too much for that one uh and now we have zach zenner except he's 5400 so that that's almost a thousand dollars more if zach zenner was 4500 i would consider him just because he should he's i would say he's a pretty safe bet to see double digit carries and then who knows what he can do with that at the same time at 5400 that's a little bit too hot for me i think i'm going to keep my hands off this is maybe Maybe I just am weird about Theo Riddick, but like, does it feel like there's just a conspiracy theory where people just don't, they like can't accept that Theo Riddick might be the number one back for Detroit because, mm-hmm. the, like, you know, once Abdullah goes out for the year, it's like, oh, Dwayne Washington's the guy to go for, not not Theo Riddick. Mm-hmm. Now, now Dwayne Washington's down. Oh, now now it's got to be Zach Zander. Like that that feels like you're reaching at straws. Uh, you know, Theo Riddick still saw 68 percent of the running back touches last week. He had 11 carries as opposed to Zander's three. Um, and you know, Zenner a little bit better per carry. Obviously, Riddick uh, definitely more of the pass catching guy. But I just think that in all, this isn't a backfield that you really love getting getting a hold of. I mean, I'm sort of just beholden to having Theo Riddick in a couple places just because he was yeah. what was available. But that it's actually worked out, and his opportunities uh, seem to be the most consistent of the bunch. So I mean, Zach Zenner is going to be a name this week. I don't think we're going to hear his name so much next week. So. Yeah, the yeah the thing is, is like Theo Riddick, his season high in carries is 11. So th- I think that's why people think that somebody else is going to get between the tackle work with Theo Riddick going to third down. I just uh, don't know how much down. Detroit's going to be doing it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, when you're down to Zach Zenner as your starting running back, yeah, how, much, how many between the tackle runs are you really going to be taking here? But the one thing I want to mention out of this tier, watch out for Tevin Coleman. He's not going to have, he might not play because of that sickle cell trait. We'll see about that. But Terrence West has got to be one of the better plays on the, on the slate here. The Saints are allowing the most running backs or the most points to opposing backs. They have a bye week five. So the next most here is the Washington Redskins allowing about 24 points a game to opposing backs. You mentioned the yards per carry stats. They're just getting gashed on the ground this year. They upgraded the secondary in the defense there, but right. the ground the ground ground defense isn't quite there here. So I think Terrence West is a big play. I'm, I would say keep him in maybe three or four out of five lineups here. As that, I mean, I was pretty aggressive on him last week, and it worked out. The price has increased this week, but the matchup has also just gotten so much more juicy and something that I'm exactly. going to try to be all over here. So let's uh, kind of scale back and talk about our chalk plays, our cash game plays here. Who do you like the most in your 50-50s, your heads up, those type of tournaments? 
Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, Melvin Gordon, 7600. I mean, uh, there's really nobody else to to take carries away from him, and that that's something that you know I've, I've obviously been harping on a lot this show. But I just think that like the fact that he just has that market share, you know, close to like 90 percent of the running back touches. Uh, that's what that's what you like to see, and you want opportunity and you want good matchups. And this week he draws an awesome matchup against the Raiders that that uh, are getting gashed pretty good on the ground so far this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree. Melvin Gordon's an excellent chalk play here. I originally wanted to go Zeke Elliott in this based on the way his trajectory was going, but the more I looked at that Bengals matchup, I had to scale back, and I'm going to go ahead, and if you're thinking Zeke Elliott, probably worth spending an extra 100 bucks for C.J. Anderson. Whether it's a banged-up Simeon or Paxton Lynch at the at the helm, he's going to be the first and foremost part of this uh, this game plan here, and I really like uh, what he can bring to the table with his uh, pass-catching capabilities here. He's going to go against... Uh the, the Falcons, who arguably have the league, MV, who probably have the league MVP through the first four weeks, and Matty Ice, yep. he was the offensive player of the month, and he followed that up with a 500-yard performance okay. there. So yeah, Matty Ice is going to be able to put some amount of points up on the board against this Denver defense. Probably won't be 48, but it probably will be more than 20. So right. the, the Denver offense is going to need to score. That's going to involve dump offs, checks, checkdowns to C.J. Anderson, and he's going to be heavily involved early on. I don't see Devontae Booker taking a lot of that time sure away. So C.J. Anderson. I know he's been a little bit rough these past couple weeks, but at $8,000 provides you an excellent th- floor here. Yep. What about your GPPs, John? Is there any back you're particularly looking at? I think we we both kind of are in agreement on this one. Uh, Terrence West, uh, he's just it's clear that he's the number one guy now. Like The Ravens' uh, backfield has been a nightmarish one to sort of navigate for season-long players and, and daily players alike for a lot of this season, but now it's, things seem to be settling down. We'll have to see what the Kenneth Dixon effect is mm-hmm. uh, coming in this week i mean it will be his first week he is a rookie do we know he's gonna play yet though i mean he was he was inactive in week four and he right. still kind of has that knee injury. that he's gonna debut this week mm-hmm. and i think releasing four set i think is a foreshadowing of of dixon Possibly. at least being yep. active um I, I still don't think that he's going to play a lot uh, mm-hmm. week five. Uh, I do think he is going to play, but I think West is certainly the bell cow uh, in you know, this matchup. All those great stats you mentioned about what the Redskins have been giving up on the ground, I just think that that's too much to pass up at just 6,400 when, you know, like I said, this is a week where I, I do sort of like that tier one uh, of running backs, and that's you know expensive. So uh, West is a guy at sixty four hundred that allows you to, to go up and get a guy like David Johnson. Yeah, absolutely. Pair him up with the top guy. I'm going to kind of go out on a limb here. I think this week might be a Darren Sproles week. He's only fifty four hundred on FanDuel. Goes to Detroit, so he gets a nice dome indoors. That's where he's at his best. We've yep. seen that over the years uh, with the Saints and 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 the Chargers and, and and however gets that indoor game. He led the Eagles in receiving the week before their bye, so he does have some chemistry with Carson Wentz. That's clear. And even if he does get carries, Detroit is allowing 4.8 yards per carry to opposing backs. This is a little bit, it does come with a bit of a contingency. Ryan Matthews, he was limited by ankle stiffness in the week before the, the bye. He got a quick pull maybe just to get some extended rest. And all Sproles, Barner, and Smallwood all got work here. But Sproles is definitely the most fantasy productive there. So, again, this is a GPP. We're talking risky. We're talking darts here. Sure. Darren Sproles is the definition of your best ball league for season long or, or GPP plays because he 
is bound to, I mean, he could make an impact in the return game. He can get you receptions. He might even get a couple carries and be productive here. So I don't know. I'm just going to call it Darren Sproles week. We'll see what happens here. I could be very wrong, but I think this might be one of those weeks here following up a solid week three performance. Before we sign off, we have a special offer for new FanDuel users. Get a free six-month subscription to Rotowire with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Just go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's over $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. If you're already a FanDuel user and still want to check out the website, be sure to go to Rotowire.com slash pod. That's Rotowire.com slash P-O-D for a free 10-day trial. No strings attached. Once again, I'm Jake Letarski. You can find me on Twitter at jakeski 52 And I'm John McKechnie. You can find me at Johnny McKex. The Rotowire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast will return on Wednesday. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.